The contents of this show are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information on the show does not create a client-therapist relationship and should not be taken as professional advice. Before making any decisions regarding your health care, ask your personal physician or mental health care professional or call 911 for any emergencies. Today, our sponsor is Shapa, a numberless scale and personalized plan that will completely change the way you think about your overall health and hitting your goals. Shapa is perfect for people who are making an effort towards a healthier lifestyle, but do not want to feel confused or judged by a number. Instead, when you step on your Shapa, you'll see a color based on your weight trend over the past 10 days. So if you go out for tacos the night before, or it's that time of month, Shapa won't judge. Shapa will also keep you on track and motivated by sending you personalized daily missions related to exercise, sleep, nutrition, and more that fit your lifestyle and your goals so you can build healthy habits and achieve lasting results. I have a Shapa and I've had it for a couple years. I love it because when I see a color versus a number, I tend to be way more gentle with myself. I'm encouraged rather than discouraged. And I know that my color takes my weight range into consideration rather than one single digit, which naturally fluctuates. I love the missions because they are achievable goals. We've got a deal for you. If you go to myshapa.com and enter less alone, you will get a free Shapa scale and free U.S. shipping with a purchase of a one-year subscription to the app. We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Erin. All right, everybody, we are so glad to be back in the studio. And today we are with Katie Garces. Hello, Katie. Yeah, Katie. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on the podcast to talk a lot about your work is around connecting people, I think primarily women. Is that right, Katie? Yeah. Yeah. Primarily women. And really connecting them to mind, body, and spirit from what I gather, in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So just a little bit of background. I first heard of you years ago through a Whole30 challenge. And at that time, you were pretty involved in nutrition. Yep, that's how it all started. Yeah. So do you just want to dive right in and tell us about your journey, kind of how it started in nutrition, and then where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a nurse practitioner by trade. That was sort of my first career, if you will. And then after I had my kiddos, I have twin boys. I obviously took some time away from that work, got really interested in nutrition, went and got my nutritionist certification and started down that whole path, which was exciting because I've always been into nutrition and health. Uh It was cool to start, you know, a coaching business around that. And I was really focused on the paleo sphere and whole 30 was literally my first coaching program that I ever did. So Amy, you were definitely one of the first in there. And then that just (laughs) sort of evolved over the years. The clients that I tend to attract tend to follow my own journey, which is really interesting. So after really holding tight to a strict paleo diet and just lots of strictness in general around food, I had my own sort of awakening around that and had to kind of let go of that stuff and break up with paleo, break up with CrossFit, give myself some space to figure out what it was that I needed. And and interestingly enough, it seemed that my clients and my following were kind of on the same page. And so that really opened up. um, Yeah. You know, the personal development sphere, the spiritual development, 
intuitive eating, really just getting back in touch with ourselves as women and what it is that we need and want, not because a diet says so or a book or a blogger or, you know, the latest trend. So that's been, you know, several years in the making. So now a little bit less focused on nutrition. I do still do some of that because I'm kind of geeky and I do like love nerd out on like doing macros plans and stuff for people. Mm -hmm. But from a part standpoint, what I'm really passionate about, it's really helping women connect and also just connect to their hearts and connect to themselves and figure out what it is that they want and need to be doing in their life. Not because they started down one path, so they feel like they have to stick to that or whatever. But I feel like we, as we age, as we get move on in our lives, those things change and Mm -hmm. what we need changes. And I feel like we're waiting for somebody to give us permission (laughs) to make those changes and step out of maybe the old box that we were in. So through various, you know, ways, whether it's one-on-one coaching or groups that I do, we work on that. Did you have a specific moment in time when you talked about you realized that things were strict with CrossFit and Paleo and Whole30 and those things? Did you have a specific moment in time where you're like, I need to loosen the reins a bit? Or was it gradual? Or what did that look like for you? It was a little of both. I got hit with adrenal fatigue in Ugh. a big way. and That's I the worst. Yeah, I didn't want to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. had learned about it in school and I was like, oh yeah, that happens to other people, not me. Like I'm super type A, like I can do it all. And What is adrenal fatigue for those that don't know? Sure. So um, adrenal fatigue, so our adrenals, sort of the glands in our body that help kick out cortisol and help us get through emergencies and stress. And they're there for a reason. They're important. But if we live in a very high stress lifestyle constantly, those adrenal glands basically poop out so we're not meant to be is that like the fight or flight is that exactly okay and so fight or flight like i said like that's very important that we have that and yeah helps us evolve and stay alive as a species but we're not meant to be in that mode all the time we're meant to be in that mode for brief little bursts to like save our life from running from a tiger or you know that was Mm -hmm. thousands of years ago and now to save our life when we're you know in a car incident or whatever but when people run at that high high level of stress and cortisol day in and day out for a month at a time and that includes you know physical stress so crossfitting way too much Mm. way too low carb like all of those are stressors on our body and tie that into you know I was going to school I was building my business I was still working I had two-year-old twins I mean there was no rest (laughs) oh my gosh yeah and so one day and I started gaining weight and I gained like 10 pounds and like six months at doing absolutely nothing different. Hmm. And I was like, what is going on? I wasn't eating any different. And so really not so smart of me. I just started exercising harder and eating more low carb. And my body was like, no. And so one day I just kind of found myself on the couch. Like I just couldn't get up. I couldn't get to a workout. I had been to several different practitioners. And finally it was an Ayurvedic doctor who was like, you need to just rest. rest. The only thing you are allowed to do is walk and maybe gentle yoga. And of course, to my brain and my personality, I was like, no. But by then, I knew in my heart, I was like, you have got to stop. And so that was a big mm. turning point. I did start walking outside every day. And that was just time for reflection, time to kind of look deeper and be like, what is going on? Right? Because yeah. I, had, I had to let go. I had to let go of control. I had to give my body the rest. I had to step back from work. So that was definitely a, a pivotal moment going from just like, hardcore coaching and working to, okay, there's more to the picture here. We need to dive in. So that was the beginning of a big spiritual journey for me and and personal development and more to the picture than just a diet and like a calorie counting, you know, type A freak (laughs) that I had become. 
That is super. I feel like, I mean, the three of us are pretty type A as well. And I feel like (laughs) when you have those, it's just so hard. And I'm sure I can only imagine how much you had going on, like how much you were pushing. I mean, just with like two-year-old twins in and of itself. And then the, you know, the business and then your own business and the exercise and the dieting. How was that emotionally for you just to go from pushing so hard to then, I mean, really like just surrendering, I would imagine at some point to your body's fatigue or your body's needs, maybe. I don't know. Exactly. Yes. And that is the exact word that I sort of use when I think about that time in my life was surrender because Mm -hmm. I had to, I had no choice to function as a mom, to function as just a person. (laughs) I had to surrender and be like, okay, I have to give my body this time. And I would say it took a close to a year, you know, Mm. nine, 12 months for myself to really feel like myself again after that rest and to be able to enjoy the kind of workouts that I liked to, you know, a little bit more intense and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was really, it was one of the hardest lessons of my life. And I am thankful for it, obviously, in hindsight, um, it was really rough to go through at the time, but I'm thankful for it now because I can not only help others Mm -hmm. see it when, you know, when we're in it, like I said, like I learned about this in school, right. I was never like, I couldn't look at myself and be like, Oh my gosh, do you see that you're about to like, everything's about to crash. Like I couldn't see it for myself. So Mm -hmm. now I'm able to help others see it before they get to that point. That's a big goal. I don't want people to get to that point where they Mm -hmm. can't get off the couch and they can't get through a workout and they gain weight and they feel like crap, you know? Right. And for myself, because I am still wired that way. I still tend to go, you know, balls to the wall. And I can now recognize when I'm getting pushing a little hard and I can say to myself, okay, you need to take it off. You need Mm -hmm. to go book a massage or you need to go on a walk instead of going to lift at the gym or whatever it is. Like, Mm -hmm. so those were lessons that hard earned, but I'm very thankful for now. Yeah. And so from the nutrition, then how did you, so you went from nutrition, then you kind of had your own experience of learning, you know, you had the breakup with the strict dieting plans and then, So then where did that whole journey lead for you? Yeah, so it started with, you know, just sort of digging it a little deeper, like I said. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. just reading, um, you know, nutrition books anymore. I was reading more spiritual and personal development books and just trying to figure out, okay, what else is going on? There's got to be more here. You know, as I said, I kept initially with the, the type of clients that would come to me. They would come and do Whole30, have some success. And then two, three months later, they'd be back. Okay, Katie, I gained my weight back. What do you have yep. for me now? Yeah. And so it was this sort of roller coaster of, and I was the same for a long time. Okay. Well, I did, I'm really strict for a while. I had the quote success I want, maybe, you know, the scale. Yeah. And then things out of that strict plan. And then it's like a free for all. So yeah, just going from on or off diet, on or off a challenge, strict, and then sort of a free for all, like that's very energetically draining. And yes. that's no way to live. It's actually not that healthy. <laughs> yeah. Like super healthy for a month and then kind of not for the rest of the time. And so, that was where I sort of got really interested in sort of the psychology of eating Institute for the psychology of eating Mark David's work and got really into intuitive eating, uh-huh. which is a scary place to be for somebody who has always felt like they need to be on a diet or on a plan. Yes. So it was real scary because when you don't have structure, when you don't have a to follow, you have to learn to trust yourself. You have to learn to tap into what your body really wants and needs. And that that's more carbs and you've been eating low carb for your last two years, like that feels scary, but trusting my body and really learning how to tap into that was one of the most freeing things that 
I ever stepped into. And is there a specific ways that you started to trust your body and to tap in? Like, mm-hmm. do you have like a like a way to do that, or what was your process around that? Yeah, I mean, I I think I kind of just told myself. Well, let me think. So, yeah, when I finally decided to do it for real, it was around the holidays, which is an interesting. Oh, wow. Is that a girl? That's a big <laughs> yeah. challenge. Go figure it out. Okay. Right. I mean, we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every January 1st, I was like a hot, puffy mess, like desperate, yeah. for, like a detox, you know? And yeah. I was like, I want to see if this January, I don't have to have a resolution around weight loss or around getting quote back on track. Like I just wanted to see, I'd learned enough. I'd read enough about it that I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to see if this holiday season, when I go to a holiday party on a Tuesday night, if I see a plate of cookies that look really good, instead of eyeing them from across the room for two hours. And then finally at the end of the night, going and having like five, letting myself have one because it looks good and then moving on. And just when you take that sort of internal dialogue away of don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then you finally break down and have like way too much. Like yes. when you just say everything's okay, it loses some of its energy. It loses some of the power over you. And so it kind of just dissipated. And I was really surprised to see that I wasn't overeating all the holiday stuff. I was just letting myself have what I wanted and then moving on. Yeah. Some people, when they step into this, do tend to eat a little too much effort. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that the world's going to keep spinning and everything's okay. And it's not a deep, dark thing the next day. It was just interesting that I, not only did I not gain weight that holiday season, I think I may have even lost a pound or two just because all the stress around not eating, overeating, what am I doing? You know, it, that stress, that piece was gone. And that cortisol that's coursing through our veins when we're stressed out about food or dieting or overeating that when you drop that cortisol out of your life, your body naturally will find where it wants to be. That Um, is so so interesting. Yeah. Really fascinating, I think. So I did put together like a little ebook program thing because people were so interested in it. Oh, great. You know, we can certainly link to that. It's super low, you know, low cost, just a sort of beginner because a lot of people are like, I don't trust myself. Like, yeah. right. you tell me I can eat anything. What if I go eat like five McDonald's burgers? I don't know, whatever it yep. is. And the thing is, is you might one time, but then you lose that. I don't know. It's a, a novelty or an yes. around it because you're not breaking any rules because there are no more rules. Right. Then you start listening to your body and you're like, what actually sounds good? Well, right. Wait, vegetables actually sound good to my body. And tomorrow, you know, it might be a little higher carb or higher protein or whatever, but you know, as women, our bodies change, if not day to day, definitely week to week from our hormones. And yeah. so if we're not tapped into that, then I always say, like, make friends with your body as opposed mm. to, like, be against. Be against. Yeah. No, this is how we're eating. This is how we're eating. And your body's like, but please, I need some <laughs> carbs. Like, I'm ovulating or whatever. Right, like, right. To say, like, okay, body, like, we're in this together anyway. Why don't we walk side by side as opposed to, like, butting heads, you know? Yeah. And that is such a, and it sounds cheesy, but it's such a more beautiful and peaceful place to be. That's what I was thinking in my head. Doesn't sound <laughs> yeah. cheesy at all, Katie. Yeah. yeah. You get two hand high five for that. <laughs> yeah. So that's been really freeing and nice place to be after literally 20, 25 years of dieting and leading up to that. So that's definitely been my MO for the last couple of years. And that you're helping people discover that. Yeah. To get on that journey for themselves, because I can imagine that would be terrifying and to you be like no you could just try this and give them a little push Mm -hmm. like that's great 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's like such a, obviously our culture is one full of diets and dieting yeah. and low fat, high fat, you know, good food, bad food, like so, I don't know, so many rules around food all the time that I think about like the cookie story and it's like telling yourself like, oh, it's okay to have a cookie is so different than eyeing it. Like to give yourself to be allowed to have the cookie and then to realize like, oh, and you know what? There will be a cookie tomorrow, too. Like, I think like that's just such a mind shift. If rather than being like, oh, my God, there's a plate of cookies and I could eat right. all of them or I can't have any of them because they're so bad. But like, no, actually, I could have one. And just knowing that it's not like the ultimate last time I'm ever going to have a cookie. Because I guess that's exactly. where my mind goes. Because then I, I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing that people would then, I know for myself, like if I were to overeat something and it's not, I don't do super well with dairy. And if I eat too much of that, then I just naturally just don't feel well. And so exactly. then if you're like tapped into that, then it's like, well, I don't really want to eat that because I don't feel well when I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I always say every time we eat is a chance to get curious. And if you do decide you make a choice to eat something that doesn't feel well with your body or settle well, and you feel kind of crappy later, instead of beating ourselves up and going into this horrible yeah. pain spiral about it, yeah. we're like, okay, well, noted. I'm going to yeah. probably not do that again. <laughs> yeah. Or if yeah. I do, right. I'm going to, I'm going to be ready for this. Right. Or if I eat too much, you know what, today I'm going to eat a little lighter. I'm going to eat more greens. I'm going to have more lemon water. Like it's okay. As yeah. well, I feel like cutting that shame spiral that so many people do, you know, it's yeah. like, Oh, I overate last night. I feel like crap. I'm going to eat more, make myself better, feel better temporarily. But then, you know, it's just that spiral and it's getting out of that cycle and that habit is huge. Huge. Mm -hmm. So I know that in October you have something called Stoptober. Is that right? Yeah. And I would imagine that that kind of plays right into that shame spiral because you're encouraging people. Well, actually, why don't you tell us about what Stoptober is? Good call, Amy. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Take it away, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> it's your program. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, my Stoptober, I actually call it Stoptober for self-care. The original Stoptober, I believe, originated in the UK to help people stop smoking. Oh. So that's, I believe, where it started years ago. And then I decided to do Stoptober for self-care for people that sort of the tagline of the program is what's getting in the way of your greatness. So oh, I think great. that especially kind of coming off summertime where, I don't know, all the rules get a little looser and, you know, there's maybe more barbecues or more glasses of wine on a Wednesday on a patio night. I don't know. Yeah. People kind of get back into school year and they're like, okay, maybe I've developed some habits that I want to clean up or maybe this, you know, behavior or food or whatever it is, it's just, I can tell it's kind of getting in my way. Like mm -hmm. I think I could be better without it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those habits are really hard to break without some sort of structure around them. And so speaking to what I was talking about with the intuitive eating, I never want anybody to feel black or white or forbidden from anything ever in their life, because I think that creates an energy behind it that eventually you're going to just lose it and like drink all the wine or eat all the food or, you know, I want, there to always be sort of some gray area. But I also think there's a time and place to say, okay, for 31 days, I'm going to step away from XYZ because I think it's getting in my way. I mm -hmm. think I could be a better person, a better mom, a better wife, a better whatever without my nightly glass of wine or without 
the online shopping that I become obsessed with. Mm -hmm. So it's really anything anybody wants to step away from for the month. And it can be, I think we have definitely, we have a lot of people trying to, you know, just stepping away from wine. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are stepping away from sugar. There's a couple of people stepping away from coffee, which is almost harder (laughs) than wine. (laughs) Uh, As we're chugging coffee. Yeah. That's the hard one. The shopping. That's always, that's a big one because people just, it's amazing how we, have a tendency towards that that becomes this little like it, it's so easy right now you know online on our phones just to be like oh purchase you know, yes i address at a stoplight if you want right <laughs> you know, like, right. Yeah. right and that becomes a habit and it becomes you know you find yourself getting that dopamine hit from stuff like that and you're like eh, i need to not be doing this right now so these women are awesome they've recognized this about themselves we come together for 31 days pretty much just on a Facebook group, but where we're supporting each other, they're supporting each other. We have repeats from last year that maybe are doing the same thing or doing something different and they can help, you know, the people that are new to the group. So that's just a really cool way. And, you know, I always say 31 days out of your life, like you're not giving up coffee forever. You're not giving up wine forever, but imagine what you could gain in 31 days by just taking the space from that. Like if you have something that's kind of taken over your, you know, you're constantly feeling guilty about it or you're constantly saying, should I, or shouldn't I? And if I do, how much? That's a lot of, again, energetic, well, energy that you're wasting or you're taking away from what could be making you great or better or you're the best version of yourself. So it's nice to just have that hard break, that hard stop from that. And it's amazing the insights that people are able to sort of glean from that time and space. So that's a fun little group we do in October. When you work with your clients, because you mentioned energy a few times, do you bring mm-hmm. that? Because there is energy behind those things. And so mm-hmm. do you work with your clients on that? Or how do you, how does that work with the work that you do? Just bringing awareness about that? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah. Because I think that the, I do energy work professionally. And so when you're talking about that, I'm like giving you some fist pumps <laughs> in the studio because I'm excited yeah. that we're talking about that. So I was just curious about how that comes into your coaching or like when you explain them that way, are people more receptive to it? Or what does that look like? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even realize that it's going on. So Uh the biggest thing I see is just bringing awareness to that, like, you know, saying to them, like, do you realize how much energy you are expending every day by worrying about your dieting or Mm -hmm. your, you know, entering all your food in a MyFitnessPal or whatever? And again, there's a time and a place for that. But if it's taking over your life, if you're spending 30 minutes after dinner, entering every last little calorie instead of hanging out with your kiddo. Like, let's look at that, you know, like, what, yeah. how is this how you want to live your life and spend your life? And if it, you get on the scale the next day and it's not the number you want and it ruins your mood for the whole day, like, mm. that's like that negative energy. Maybe we need to look at that. Maybe the scale isn't going to be your best you know, tool in your journey. And maybe we need to look a little deeper. So exactly. That's just, I just try to bring, yeah, like when I'm talking about like the energy around it, it's, can we, I mean, even when we were just talking about the intuitive eating, like the conversation, like everything felt lighter and peaceful and happy. And when we yep. talk about these heavier, like really rigid things, it just feels like a, a heavier energy. And I believe when we feel lighter in our spirit, we oftentimes that does equate to shedding some of the physical weight. When we feel heavy and down in our spirit and our mood, I feel like it's just, we just tend to hold on. Yes. Yes. So I do think they are definitely connected. And for a lot of people, they've Mm -hmm. never thought of it that way. Yeah. So just kind of bringing that awareness. 
I love it. Love it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So you had your own personal experience with stopping. Was it stopping wine or you kind of lived it yourself, I guess. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that and what you saw or how did you see wine or whatever it was that you stopped that was getting in the way of your greatness? And then Mm -hmm. what did you see that came out of your experience stopping it? Yeah. So everything I just described was definitely born from my own experience. Okay. About a year and a half ago, I made the decision to step away from alcohol completely. Okay. And the reason I did that was because I felt like it had gotten to the place where it was taking over and keeping me from my greatness. It was Mm -hmm. becoming something that was too much of a habit. And again, like, should I, should I not have a glass tonight with my friends? Should I, and if I do, should I have two? Should I, you know, it it was taking too much away from me. And I felt like the reason I decided to go just cold turkey, if you will, or hundred percent is because I was tired of having those conversations in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. if I have wine tonight, then I shouldn't have it tomorrow. And it was just constant. It was a constant discussion. And, and then if I had one glass too much, I would beat myself up the next day. So yeah, just by taking it off the table, a hundred percent, it just opened up all that space. Yeah, to get a little bit deeper on what else is going on in my life. What do I want? And it actually enabled me to have the space to say, okay, I think it's time for me to take a little bit of, of a break from my business. And yeah. I was pushing too hard again, but I wouldn't have had the space to even have that clarity if I was still just every night circling around about wine or you know feeling bad about if I drank too much over the weekend or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, about a year and a half ago that ended up being about four months of just, you know, straight off, off drinking, which I think it very much served its purpose. It got me clear on a lot of things. And I think it was around the holidays that I decided to add it back in. But with the awareness of, do I want to have this glass of wine tonight because I'm bored because I'm, dealing with my Mm. kids and I can't stand it because I just got in an argument with somebody or am I wanting to have this glass of wine because I just made a gorgeous meal and my husband and I are going to sit down and enjoy it together. Mm. Like I think the the motivation behind why I was wanting to have a glass of wine was the most important thing I took away from it. And that was hard when I was in that period of not drinking, there would be days where I, you know, kids were driving me crazy and I had to make dinner and I was like, all I want to do is like, this would be made so much easier if I could just have a glass of wine with it. Totally. But I had to sit with that because I had made the decision not to. And I didn't like it. And it was uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. We don't like to sit in the discomfort. But yeah. yet that is where the, our biggest growth is, mm-hmm. yep. where we mm-hmm. find it. And so that was hard because I am somebody with, uh, I tend to go for the immediate gratification. <laughs> yeah. Instant, you know, and I think a lot of us do. Yes. So that sitting with it and, and just learning, you know, what can come out the other side if you give it a little pause or you actually make the choice, make a mindful choice about what you're doing, Mm -hmm. whether it's eating or drinking or any other behavior, um, as opposed to just reflexively doing it. And that's where it had gotten for me. It was like, it was just a reflex. It was a habit and I I didn't like it. Yeah. So did you take a break from your business during that four months or did that come after? It kind of coincided with the after. So by the time I was ready, you know, kind of done with my four months of not drinking, I realized I was ready to have, I gave myself a self-imposed sabbatical. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I took, I officially started in January, but by November, I knew that that's what I was going to do. So it ended up being about a nine month sabbatical in which I just really kind of shut down. I mean, I kept one or two of my clients, but I stepped away from all my coaching, all my groups. 
all the promoting and the marketing and all of that great stuff that comes with entrepreneurship <laughs> and social media, having businesses online and stuff, which can be really exciting and fun, but it also can really drain you. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to do anything for the next nine months that doesn't bring me joy or <laughs> doesn't feel easeful. Mm. And I mean, fortunately, I'm in a, a place where I was you know, able to do that. So mm-hmm. I know not everybody can. And I definitely recognize that. But mm-hmm. I was able to just take a lot of time to myself to tap back in. I actually took a class at Denver Seminary, just got really serious about my sort of my spiritual health and my spiritual life. And it was just really needed. And then yeah. I think come spring, late to early summer, I was I was starting to feel like it was time to come out of that. And so, you know, just this last July, August, I ended my sabbatical after about nine months and I'm back in and I just feel, you know, rejuvenated. And, you know, I just think it's nice to take some time, whether it's even a month, right? You can just be like, okay, what do I want? What are my priorities? Get clear on things. And so that's been a really, it was an interesting 12 months, how that all sort of happened and and shook out for me and, and my work. So yeah, I can just imagine what a benefit that would be to your clients that you went through mm-hmm. this yourself and then you're mm-hmm. able to speak to it. So how did your clients take it when you told them that you were going to get off or when you were taking the time off? Well, they <laughs> a couple of them kind of freaked out. But, yeah. you know, those longer term sort of more life coaching clients, I did continue to work with. Oh, good. I just didn't yeah. take any new clients. Yeah. My book clubbers were a little disappointed because we've been running book clubs called Beyond Book Club as a small group. That community has been going for almost six years. And so for me to pull back, I think everybody always thought, well, she'll, at least she'll keep book club. And I, mm-hmm. I needed to take a hard break from everything. So mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of disappointment there, but thankfully our excellent loyal people. And when I was ready to start back this fall, everybody jumped back in and it's like, we never, never missed a beat. So That's great. I really appreciate them expecting that need for me and coming back when, when I was back. So it's good to be back with them. And we know that you're in Denver. You're a Denverite. Do you have any online book clubs or is it all in person? I have done online book clubs in the past and the interest in that kind of, or the ability, some people just can't make it happen, mm-hmm. sort of waxes and wanes. Mm-hmm. So I usually offer it and depending on interest, we either do it or we don't. So yeah. we're not currently doing one right now. Last, let's see, fall we did, I did several. Mm-hmm. But yeah. If, and there's, the, you know, can join my book club email list. And every time I send a new, um, a new session out, I usually say, if there's, you know, let me know if you want to join a virtual group and, it wouldn't be the most fun if it was like me and one other person. Yeah, uh, yeah. But something uh, I've done on and off over the years. What kind of books do you explore in your book clubs? We read only personal development or, you know, spiritual development books. We read them. We pick one book and we read it together over the course of six weeks. So it's not like you have to read the whole book and then, you know, show up to discuss. So people can keep their neighborhood book clubs with their friends and stuff, but it's very doable, you know, a chapter or two a week. We meet every Wednesday or Friday for six weeks, discuss that week's reading and chapter. We usually have chosen a personal intention for the six week period. So everybody kind of comes on week one and says, okay, this is what I want to work on for the next six weeks. So it's nice to hold each other accountable support people through that. And it can be something major, like I'm going to work on my relationship with my, you know, partner, or it can be like, I need to get my laundry under control. (laughs) And I need you guys to support me in the next six weeks. Oftentimes it has to do with 
what we're reading. So we just finished Atomic Habits, for example. So that was everyone's intention was about either a habit they wanted to make or break or, you know, improve somehow. So it's kind of fun to see everybody come with different intentions for each session. Have you repeated any books? Never have repeated any Never, okay. Do you have a favorite book that you use? I know that's um, probably hard, but... (laughs) It's so hard glancing at my bookshelf as we speak. So I have loved, well, we've done several Gabby Bernstein books Uh and everyone loves her. And then we read 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Uh I don't know if you're familiar with him. I bought that book because of your newsletter. (laughs) I have that. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. was just a really kind of a surprise hit for us. He talks a lot about basically the premise of the book is he was so anti-meditation, yet everybody told him he needed to do it in order to get Hmm. his act together. So he kind of set out to disprove the benefits. And then over the course, he became this like uber meditator. (laughs) He's like on that speaker about meditation, everything, everywhere. It's like he's talking about that. I I appreciate his his skeptical He's like, it's not that great. Oh, wait. (laughs) Now he's like the meditation dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was and he's funny. And that was just a surprise like I said, it's kind of a surprise hit. I try to alternate, you know, a masculine voice versus a female um, author. We're just about to start uh, Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable mm. this week. So we try to, you know, Gabby B t- tends to be a little bit more spiritual, a little more woo-woo. And then it's fun to get, you know, this Atomic Habits by James Clear, very masculine, very, you know, we're like, he doesn't understand what it's like to be, you know, a mom or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, it's a good balance. Definitely. And then we all loved Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass. Mm-hmm. That was oh, my yeah. Favorite, just because she's so funny. So, yeah, Big Magic was a really great uh, Liz Gilbert. That was a great one. That was a favorite. So, yeah, we've done quite a few over the years. That's so great. I have a question about your experience in seminary. So mm-hmm. we talk a lot about spirituality on our podcast. And we recently we have. Yeah. Started. I it's love it. It's so interesting. It is interesting. It's super interesting it's to hear perspectives that way organically. About, yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple questions. One, I'm curious about your childhood. Like, were you raised in a religious environment? If you're OK talking about that. And mm-hmm. then also DU Seminary. So the University of Denver. Seminary. I don't know, like, I have no experience with that. And I'm just curious, like, what is their religious philosophy, I guess? And then mm-hmm. also, like, what class did you take or what did you get out of that? We'll hold just, those questions just, for it. Just, just here's 18 questions, questions yeah, for there you. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. 18 questions. And yeah. we're ready to sit back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's loaded. You um, got those all uh, down? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Storm in your head, Katie? Yeah, I think I got it. Okay. So I was raised Catholic and I still consider myself Catholic. I know that can be loaded in and of itself for a lot of people. I feel like I was raised in a way, I had a great experience growing up. I know a lot of people don't, but I was also, as I explored, you know, spirituality in general, like we've talked about over the last five, six years, I realized there was more to it than just what I had been raised with and what I got when I sat, you know, on mass every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I needed that to be okay. I discovered Richard Rohr. I'm not sure. Oh, that a girl, Katie. I love him so much. He's the best. Yeah. yeah, that dude is. Uh, yeah, he's so. He changed good. my life completely mm-hmm. because 
right around that time, all that adrenal fatigue and all that surrender, I, I found him. So I found him and Gabby Bernstein at the same time, and they couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. But I was okay with that. And yeah. um, Richard Rohr is a Catholic priest. He is very open, and he's very non-dualistic is his term. He, hmm. You can have A, and you can also have B. It doesn't have to be black or white. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And it just opened up this whole new way of basically validating my own spirituality, that there was a lot cool. of my upbringing that I loved and that was important to me and that I want to share with my kids. But there was also all this other stuff that I was learning that made me feel good. And I, I knew it wasn't wrong. I knew it yeah. was wrong. And so to be able to mesh those two together and develop my own spirituality and my own connection, I call it like plugging back into your spiritual power outlet. Like I was unplugged. Mm. And to be able to bring it all together in my own way and know that that wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, was so freeing. And so it was just such an amazing feeling. So, so that's kind of, I guess, the evolution of my own spirituality. I got really into the Enneagram. What I number went, are you, Katie? Oh, God, I'm a three. You're a three. Yeah. I'm a seven. Three. These two haven't done it. And we haven't done it yet. But we have, this comes up a lot on the podcast. It does. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you have to do it. So I discovered my Enneagram number right around that whole time of giving up the alcohol. And it just not to get into that whole rabbit hole, but it shined so much light onto the way I was doing my work in my business from, uh, you know, what are sort of your underlying motivating factors. And I needed to, that's one of the reasons I needed to take time away from work was to get a little bit more clear on, on that and get a little bit more. So threes are, they're the achiever. So they're really, you know, driven, but at the same time, they are always trying to sort of put out this facade of success and image and, that when they're unhealthy, when, when you're an unhealthy three, like that's all that matters. And so mm. it was really becoming obvious to me that every time, you know, even like a Facebook post I posted, if I didn't get a lot of likes or if I even got, God forbid, some unfollows, it was like mm-hmm. somebody murdering me. And mm. I'm like, why am I taking this so personally? Like everything, it was, I was so identified with that. Mm-hmm. And that is not who I am. At, you know, I know that now, but I wasn't able to, to get past that. And so that was part of, that Enneagram work and the spiritual work and then, you know, moving on to seminary. So it's actually, it's not DU, it's just Denver Seminary. It's not part of uh, DU. Yeah, it's just Denver Seminary. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are Christian-based and I just attended for my own sort of personal, like I just wanted to learn more. I just, I had learned with the Enneagram, different ways to quote pray. So contemplative practices, time in nature. Mm. Again, it was like my whole world had been opened up to all these different ways. You know, as a Catholic, you're raised to pray, you know, like we do our our father and our Hail Marys and those are fine and good, but having some time in stillness, silence, solitude, where you can actually experience God or spirituality or whatever that's going to be for you Mm -hmm. was like, hello, where has this been all my life? Like it was just filling me up in a way that I hadn't ever experienced. And this was all coinciding with my, you know, time away from alcohol. And so it was, I was just primed and ready for it. And yeah. it was just what I needed on a spiritual level so badly. I was so thirsty for it. So I took a, I signed up for a course at seminary, which was on soul care. So just learning about just spiritual practices to help, again, just deepen your own spiritual connection. So that was amazing to be in a classroom with a, you know, brilliant professor that I just, I just found myself so interested in, and it was nice to be on the other side. You know, I'd been the one teaching and facilitating and coaching and stuff with my clients for so long. It was nice to just sit in the classroom and listen and soak it in and and be challenged by other people in the room and what they were saying and what they were bringing to the table. So 
yeah, it was just a really, it was just a lovely, you know, six to nine months of that work. So I'm struck by like your, like you see that there's an issue or you see that there's like something that doesn't feel right, not in alignment with you. And then you go and do something or explore it more. Has that always been how you've operated or when did you, when did that happen? Cause that's a, I give you a high five for that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think it could be part of my freeness, right? Yeah, my, yeah. Okay. There's a problem. Let's go solve it. Yeah. You know, one of my therapist at one point was, I was like, okay, I'm really unhappy in work and I don't know what's wrong. So tell me what to do. And he's like, <laughs> no, no. He's like, you need to have some time in quiet. You need to just be, that mm-hmm. was like literally the first thing he said to me, he's like, you just need to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, yeah. <laughs> right. like, you don't know me. Like, I can't just be, I can't just be still. I can't just sit with my thoughts and myself. And he's like, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And that was my work. And it was the hardest mm-hmm. damn work I've ever done. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. I know that it, there isn't always going to be an action step there often is, but not always. And mm-hmm. sometimes the action step is to just get still and get quiet and tap back in to what's going on inside. Because I've always said this, I know we all have the answers that we need or that we're seeking within us. Oftentimes we can't quiet our minds enough to listen, to hear them. Absolutely. And so that's a challenge for us, especially in the society. We are go, go, go. And mm-hmm. we are rewarded by, you know, the outcomes that we produce not necessarily the person that we are. And Mm. so that was my work this last year. And it's, I mean, I think it will be my work for my whole life, but Mm -hmm. it was interesting, challenging, but good. That is good. Mm -hmm. It's so motivating. I really admire your willingness, not only like your self-exploration, but then to share it. And I've seen that, you know, through your newsletter. And I just, I encourage all our listeners, Katie, where can they find you so that they can subscribe to your newsletter as well. Yes, they can find me on my website. Uh, it's just katiegarces.com or on social media, Katie Garces on Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, you can sign up for my newsletter there. You can sign up for Beyond Book Club there. So yeah, I'm I'm out there. I'm available. We always love to have, you know, new folks. I do have a Facebook group that's basically a community. It's called Sexy Spiritual Sane. It's a place for women to come and do everything from talking about spiritual stuff to sharing the best coupon they found for dinner to, you know, it's just a place for us to be women on all levels from a mind, body and spiritual place. So come find us there. It's a fun community. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun talking to you ladies. It was a true pleasure. Well, and we thank will, you. That's great. Yep. And yeah. we'll be in touch and we'll get everything um, posted on our website too. So we'll do some cross promotion and all that good stuff. Before we say goodbye, we always... We're starting this thing, <laughs> this season of... Anna, take it away. Like a random question. That has nothing to do with what we just talked about, but just a fun thing to get to know you on like a different kind of level. Okay. So are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. The question is, if someone wanted to kidnap you, Katie, what would they have to write on the side of the van to get you in? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't know these questions before nope, this happens either a surprise so it's a surprise to us, us too oh boy honestly the first thing that came to mind was free coffee oh! 
<laughs> and you're in. Yeah, yeah, you're in. <laughs> I'm in. And you know what? It's like, I just, I can't resist. Even yeah. if yeah. I'm the best coffee, I will go have some because I just love coffee that much. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm with Same. you. We are so with you. That's yes. how our whole podcast started. And we got to say, Mustache Coffee Club, if you're looking for a new subscription Ooh. for coffee, they're supporters of our show. We're testing them out, and it's delicious coffee. It's delicious. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I, will look at, I will look for them. That's yeah. Great. A little tidbit. But anyway, oh. thank you so much again. And we will be in touch with all the follow up from the show. Awesome. Thanks, ladies. Right. Have a great thank day. You. you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, so we talk about connection. That's what our deal is here. So we have a six-step roadmap for instant connection. You can get that at connectionroadmap.com. It will give you the hookup on what to do to get instantly connected with people in this world. We've got a deal for you. If you go to myshapa.com and enter less alone, you will get a free Shapa scale and free U.S. shipping with a purchase of a one-year subscription to the app. Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.